Hey, hi, I'm Jacqueline Lowe, and uh, this is Grace That Reigns. Welcome to Fall Into the Light. It's a story about the realness of God and how He loves us so very much that He reveals His grace in our lives in so many different ways, especially through His grace of healing. I have a special guest with me, and his name is Bob Kelly. So Bob is from Seattle area. He worked at Microsoft, and he was a successful businessman. Bob received news that he had colon cancer in 2020. And through a mutual friend, Father Dominic Legg, that's how I came into the picture. Hi, Bob. Hello, Jacqueline. How are you? I'm doing really good. It is great to have you here. Can you tell me a bit about yourself? Oh, I've spent a long, long history in uh, enterprise technology. I, I worked for Microsoft for 21 years. Um, you know, started as a junior product manager and rose up through the company into very senior ranks, a corporate vice president, running very significant businesses of the co- you know pieces of the company, and um, left Microsoft in you know the fall of 2016 and became a general partner in a venture capital fund uh, focusing on investing in early stage enterprise software startups. So you know, high energy, high impact. You know, sort of fills the vessel for me as a as a very aggressive and competitive personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then almost exactly at the same time that I had left the GP role, mm-hmm. uh, in the, in the venture firm, I, I, so this is February of 2020. Uh-huh. I started my own company to, to do software advisory work, mostly for Goldman Sachs. And, uh, at the same time, you know, all of this, all of this came together, uh, and hit. Well, you're very talented and you're definitely an A-type personality. What happened next? A couple of years ago, I just started to feel less than uh, less than energized. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, started to take, take a nap in the day, maybe then start to take two, and you know, just thought of it as you know me slowing down a little bit. But uh, really, um, you know, two years ago, I just started to feel physically poor. But at the end of uh, at the end of 2019, heading into 2020, I was really not in a good spot. My vitamin D level was the floor. Uh, my energy level was gone, and and really, you know, come 2020, February or so, I just started to lose a lot of weight really fast. Oh, right. Uh, and, you know, you know, you fast forward and you just think it's, you just think it's normal stuff. And, and as a guy, you, you sort of ignore all the signs. Um, just think you can muscle your way through it. Um, and, you know, turned out that was not the answer. I could muscle my way through it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, it's pretty unusual. and But not unusual for a guy not to want to take the test and see what's going on. So, yeah, very much so. Very much so. So um, then you began not to feel so good sometime in February, March. And that's right. Can you tell me what happened next? Yeah, that's right. And it's one of those, you know, you know, um, situations where, of course, as I said, you know, I, I, I would just sort of dismiss all the signs and ignore it all. And, you know, fortunately, uh, fortunately I'm married to an uh, incredibly driven person herself. And uh, she just sort of, you know, forced the issue and brought it to a head, so to speak. And mm-hmm. I went for the, you know, uh, you know, they say, you know, nowadays they're saying you should take your colonoscopy at 45. But, you know, my day, it was 50 and that was 53 and I was late for it all. And mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, I got I, I got a shock when I came out of came out of the, the stupor yeah. of, <laughs> of uh, the, the drugs they, they give you to. Uh, to get some sleep there, and uh, when the um, doctor walked in and sat down and just sat next to me and said, "You have colon cancer." And what was your reaction? I 
was floored. I was floored. So up to now, you've always been successful, and nothing crazy has ever happened in your life like this. So you've been successful at everything that you've done. This must have been a great challenge in your life. Yeah, I mean,、um, I have been so incredibly blessed my entire life. I mean, nothing bad has ever happened to me.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there have been sort of bad experiences, and I and I and I always think of those as just sort of sort of fabric of life. But nothing bad has ever happened to me. And so, yeah, I woke up and was told I had colon cancer, and、um, it was a it was a you know two by four across the face. I didn't know how to absorb it, you know, the, the, the sort of minor little details of things you remember, right? Yeah. My 17-year-old son was there to pick me up, and I had to have a blood draw before I left the hospital, so I couldn't tell him anything, and I didn't hadn't even told my wife yet. So it's just sort of this fog of surrealness、mm-hmm. um, of being told something that you just didn't anticipate. Bob, when you were diagnosed with this colon cancer, what stage was it at? Uh, it was, yeah. I mean, as it turns out,、um, uh, when the surgeon went in, I had a five-inch tumor, essentially occluding my my colon.、Uh, they took ten inches of my、uh, my colon out to、uh, to resolve the issue. But yeah, it was it w- it had clearly been there for a lot longer than I knew.、Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the symptoms were certainly clearly there.、Mm-hmm. I just ignored them. Ah、oh, yes, the male hard-headed response sometimes. After hearing the story ten months after the fact, I can now say you are a lucky man. Such an incredibly blessed person, both before and after. I mean, but but I will tell you that there was a very intense month、um, between diagnosis and outcome,、um, and it was intense in, in every way that you could possibly imagine, emotionally. Physically, spiritually,、mm-hmm. um, familially. I mean, it was just—it was a—it was a really, really intense period. For our listeners, Bob and I have not spoken about the situation in the last ten months because I wanted him to continue to heal and process what was going on. But when I listen to this again, it feels so surreal.、And、to tell you the truth, it sounds really tough. Um, yeah, well, you know, we've we've spoken so much about this, but you're right. We've we've、um, we've taken a little time from away from sort of talking about it. So,、mm-hmm. and some of that's some of that's just me being me and having to sort of kick back into gear and, and get my mind and body back into things. Yeah, and part of it is also just the reality of、um, I think I shared with you early on it was going to take me a while to process、yeah. what was going on, and so time certainly helps. Bob, after the operation, you told me that you sat and questioned yourself. And one of the questions you asked was, "Did I deserve this?" I thought you actually meant, "Did I deserve this illness?" Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, not even so much to deserve it. It was really much more about.、Um, I'm a, I'm a just a big personality. You know, my nickname in college was Bob Noxious. <laughs> oh no.、Um, yeah. So. <laughs> I'm just a big personality. I've always lived big, and I've always kind of just really enjoyed the largesse of life、mm-hmm. um, in every way. I'm from a family of ten kids. My、mm-hmm. wife and I have four. Our kids have sixty-five first cousins. So everything in our lives has always been big. <laughs> and one of the things I, I I did question was, you know, did I live too hard? It, was I was I doing things that was not, you know, that were not、um, healthy or otherwise? And did I cause this? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that was a really, because, because my brain works sort of linearly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, a total data driven person. And, and um, I, I, like I said, nothing bad has ever happened to me before. And so for me, I, I thought for a period, um, you know, did I do this? Did I cause this? And that was really, honestly, that was one of the hardest conversations I've ever had in my life was, was with my wife when I came home from that, mm-hmm. that, uh, that appointment and had to sit down with her and tell her that mm-hmm. I've been diagnosed with cancer and, and just sort of, I actually said, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what, why are you saying you're sorry? that's not that's not the appropriate statement here let's let's get it let's get our sort of energy in the right direction here right it's not about guilt and but it's still it's still you know still felt like that to me so it was you know and there's there's so many emotions you go through mm-hmm. um in, in a circumstance like this so yeah that was definitely one of them the most interesting question for me was when you asked if you had lived the faith in the way that the lord wanted you to live it or not Obviously, it had a tie-in to your preliminary question. Maybe God was punishing you for not living a faith life that he expected from you. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I've, I've been incredibly blessed to, you know, I've been a Catholic, cradle Catholic. Um, I've gone to nothing but Catholic schools from the time I was in kindergarten through my PhD. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father started a Catholic liberal arts co- you know, high school in central Massachusetts in 1978. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that sort of came to my mind was, um, is, is there some degree of punishment here because I'm not living the life that I should be living, the, the faithful life I should be living. Mm-hmm. And most people sort of on the out, so that's an inside out statement, right? That's me reflecting on me. Mm-hmm. Most people looking at me from the outside would say he's an authentic Catholic living the life of an authentic Catholic. Right. But, but it was still one of those questions I had to confront. Was, was I, what, am I being punished or am I being tested because I'm not living the life that I should be living? So as you process this journey, what do you think? <laughs> it's still complicated. Uh, you know, there's, 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 there's so much that's transpired and there's so much that I can say that I don't feel guilt. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I've been punished. That's great. Those two things I can feel like I can sort of put to bed. Mm-hmm. Um I still, you know, it's, it's always, a, you know, faith is always a journey. And so for me, it's, it's a question of, you know, am I still, am I, am I pushing myself um, to, to live the, the faith the right way and, and at, the, at the sort of scale of everything else I do in my life, mm-hmm. right? Right. As big as, big as everything else. Right. Um, and, you know, that's always, that's always, a, you know, sort of the interior question, I think. We're all on that sort of journey to some degree. Um, but this circumstance certainly forced me mm-hmm. um, to focus on this sort of this fundamental question. I mean, how many conversations did you and I have while I was walking? We had a few. Right. Mm-hmm. And my walks, I would do my walks and then you and I would chat when I was doing my walks because that was the time when I would just step away from it all and, and really try to get some level of interiority. And mm-hmm. you, you, you commonly pressed me to just pause, just try to. Try to be, try to listen. Definitely. And I remember that because for you, stopping and listening was not a very easy task. But you did well. That's it's certainly hard. Yeah. Uh, because, because I'm such a, um, I have a driven personality. And so I do have to find myself um, regularly um, trying to find space mm-hmm. to pause and, and to reflect and to confront. 
Yeah, and you mentioned to me that because you're such a driven guy and lots of people come to you for questions and answers, because you were pausing, it caused other people to pause around you. Yeah, it's a fascinating dynamic, right? Um, You know, for lots of different reasons at Microsoft, one of my nicknames there was the answer ATM. You know, (laughs) go to Bob and get the answer. Uh, I was pretty facile with the business and I built the business. And so I kind of knew all the stuff. And so I always, I always had the answer, Mm -hmm. but in this case, I didn't have the answers. And so when it, when it sort of forced me to sort of stop, um, answering and trying to question Mm -hmm. or trying to solicit, uh, one of the implications of that was, you know, my family, my children, my friends, um, saw that and said, you know, in multiple cases said, you just seem different. Uh, and you seem like you're more reflective. And that's interesting to me. This has caused that to you. You know, it's refreshing because now I can read you and your, what you say now is so filled with insight and, and, and purpose. Gives me a, a, an understanding of your character and relationship with Christ. So, Bob, we finally got to know your personality. You're pretty A-type, and you're pretty much in control. What did it feel like to not be in control of this outcome? Extraordinarily scary. Um, You know, the first time you and I had, that first call you and I had, you know, we were introduced by a mutual friend, Father Dominic Legg, and, uh, and I didn't know you. And, you know, he's telling me that you are a spiritual healer. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't think I need spiritual healing. I need, I need cancer healing. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah. it turned out again, um, some of it's faith. Some of it's just disposition. Mm-hmm. Some of it is, um, I am not ever afraid to confront things, mm-hmm. even if they're totally terrifying. Mm-hmm. I'll take the first step. Right. And the first step was, that call you and I had Friday night uh, before, you know, a week or so before, 10 days or so before the surgery mm-hmm. was our first introduction. I didn't know anything about you. And you, you prayed over me yeah. and we talked about that. And, uh, and it was a little bit weird, a little bit unnatural, a little mm-hmm. bit scary, a little bit good. But at the end of the day, it started a journey for me, particularly for that 10 days where at the beginning of the whole process of that 10 days, I had no data, I had no information. All I knew was that I had cancer. And I didn't know the size of the cancer. I didn't know what the strategy was going to be to deal with it. I knew nothing. Oh, okay. I didn't All know that. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know anything. for It took, you know, cause, because it was so, it was such an intense period from that point. The day I had diagnosis, I was into the, I saw the surgeon. The next day, I saw the oncologist. Two days later, I had all the testing. One more day after that, I had two two more days after that, I I had a diagnosis of what the problem was, how big the problem was. And three days later, I had surgery. And that was all that same week you and I were first talking together. Oh, my gosh, that could be so overwhelming. And I did not know you had gone through all that. And especially meeting someone like me on the phone, you didn't even know me. Oh, my gosh. That is a leap of faith, and now I realize how I come across sometimes. 
But I guess I have to remind myself that, um, you know, none of us are in control. And, you know, in this way, it was really God's plan. And, yeah, it was intense to, to take you out of your shell. It was intense for a little bit longer than that. But, yes, it was about it really was at the end of the day, about a three week period of going into it, you know, thinking I had, OK, maybe I've got a little dietary problem. You know, maybe I got a little, you know, stop eating these foods. Maybe I got some, you know, something that's sort of irritating my my intestines Yeah. to cancer and then um, removal mm-hmm. and told I'm cancer free. I mean, like, can you just just imagine a ten day period like that, right? <laughs> yeah, I so understand. My brain that. was exploding with with lack of knowledge mm-hmm. and and fear, mm-hmm. and then and then a tremendous amount of comfort that you brought to me over that week when I went into the conversation with you. I was fearful. I was anxious. I was ex- I was disrupted. Mm-hmm. When I went into surgery, I was calm. I was completely calm. Oh my, there are no words. Thank you, God. Hey, speaking about God's grace and supernatural intervention, you shared a story about a bird that left an imprint on your window, but it was no ordinary bird and no ordinary imprint. Can you share that story with us? Yeah, isn't that crazy? So uh, we were at our house uh, down on the beach there, and and, uh, that was where I had spoken with you, and that was the... um, that was a Friday night I spoke with you. We talked about this specifically. You, you named God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit to do these things. And um, the next morning I woke up, and we have these large windows that look out over the deck. And a bird, a very large bird, I mean, we typically do have birds that you know fly into the windows, as many people do. This is a very large bird. It had flown into the window. And if you, if you looked at it, from the right angle the bird not only hit the window it actually the whole body splayed out across the window and it looked like the holy spirit as a dove had had imprinted itself on that window and it was just it was mind-blowing to me yeah i Um, actually remember that it looked just like the holy spirit yeah the photo yeah it was just like it i couldn't believe it yeah i couldn't either and it was it was um you know you know, it's always hard for me to see um, sort of God in the moment, mm-hmm. um, but that was clearly a God in the moment experience. Oh, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And it was it was part of that process of becoming calm. Right. I remember uh, it had a lot to do with giving you that peace. Yeah, absolutely true. That uh, was a, you know, I still remember sitting in you know in the chair in the back of my house uh, that week. Uh, talking with you multiple times, and then after the surgery, also sitting in that chair because I had to sit in that chair for a lot of, a lot of days uh, uh, post the surgery. But yeah, it, just, it was that was a remarkable injection uh, into sort of the normal life of uh, of the presence of God, and it was it was again. These are I'm being very honest with myself and very honest with you know the listeners here that um, these are not things that I would normally say, but I'm saying them because that's what happened. Hey friends, we've reached the ending of part one with our conversation with Bob Kelly. And isn't he an incredible witness about beauty, faith, collaboration, and the work of the divine in his life? 
Join me next month for part two, where Bob and I will continue to share his incredible story of God's healing in his life. This is Jacqueline Lowe signing out. If you enjoyed my series called Fall into the Light at Grace That Reigns, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if this has impacted you in any way, please consider donating to us at www.gracethatreigns.com. Oh, 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 oh,